0: Hi, Hello. Mr. Gerald Gam, How are you?
1: Hello, Walid. How are you? Hi,
0: I'm good. I'm good. So, uh, welcome to Instagram Live. Is this your first?
1: This is my first. Yes, okay, very much so. so. so thank you for I'm being happy. my first, uh, first time <laughs> myself.
0: <laughs> thank you. So, uh, let me uh, introduce uh, Mr. Can I call you Gerald? Or...
1: Please call me Gerald. Yes. Okay,
0: so let me introduce MP elect uh, Mr. Gerald Gam. So, Gerald, I don't really know Gerald personally, but we've met here and there before and we've corresponded uh, via email before and in fact the first time I met him was in 2011 when he was on the campaign trail Ah, uh, because I was an East Coast uh, voter and I was extremely impressed uh, by by Gerald uh, and at that time I told him he would be getting my vote in 2011.
1: Was (laughs) that at the nomination centre at East Coast?
0: uh i think it was i think yeah yeah i think i remember that yeah was it at badook view secondary probably yes yes (laughs) yes Yes, right Uh, yeah so uh, and that was in 2011 of course and the way i i approach elections is every year my vote is up for grabs because the moment i believe voters pledge their vote to a party unconditionally that's when they lose the voters lose their their own relevance
1: So you're the archetypal uh, swing voter that all the the parties want to to (laughs) woo.
0: Yes, correct. And I I actually think every voter should be a swing voter. Uh, It keeps the parties on
1: on their toes, for sure.
0: Yes, yes, exactly. Uh, So, uh, and Gerald, of course, he was, in that election, he became an NCMP uh, after after 2011. uh, And one of the younger uh, NCMPs, and he did very well in Parliament. Uh, well enough for him to be recognized nationally. And now he is MP-elect after having been elected through al uh, GRC. So uh, welcome again. So let me, uh, let me ask the first question, uh, Gerald. And I just wanted to say that the Workers' Party represents not just uh, the, the voters of al and Gang and Sengkang. Right? Essentially, the no, Workers' Party myself, represents yeah. the entire non-PAP voting bloc. So about 40% of Singapore. Because those who voted for NSP in Tampines probably would vote for WP. Most definitely would vote for
1: WP. But well, those yeah. who
0: voted for WP probably would not necessarily vote for NSP, for instance, right?
1: So well, we hope to be able to, uh, now that, we are, that many of us are in parliament, we really hope to be able to represent all Singaporeans, not just the opposition. Right, right. Only really right. all Singaporeans.
0: Okay, okay. Now, uh, that, that's, a, that's a good uh, point. So... Uh, uh, The question I wanted to ask is if you, those 40% of Singaporeans were extremely elated and happy on the night of polling day. And it felt, they felt like there was a huge victory, was a sensational victory for the 40% of Singaporeans. With that in mind, bearing in mind that you were carrying the aspirations of 40% of Singaporeans who were delighted and elated. My first question to you is why did you and Ritam look like you guys were attending a funeral on the night of polling day? Why were you not happy at all and you look so somber and sad on when you guys just pulled off one of the greatest victories in... Well, definitely the greatest victory in opposition electoral history.
1: No, no I, I mean, I, this is the first time actually someone has asked me why we looked somber because uh, we were definitely happy. Uh, it was uh, very late in the, at night. It was, I think it was something like 3 a.m. in the morning when the, when the results came out. So, understandably, all of us were quite tired. Uh, but we were happy. Uh, but at the same time, we were also very, very, very aware of the gargantuan task, task that lay ahead of us. And uh, we know that the expectations uh, of the people will be very high. And uh, we know that our, the weight of responsibility as well is, is, is very heavy. And uh, we also, we're we are, we are very much aware that um, of the many minefields that could possibly be ahead of us as well. Um, so uh, I, think, I don't think there was any, um, there was happiness that, that we managed to achieve uh, what we, we set out to do um, and uh, perhaps exceeded in some, in some ways. But I think there's uh, awareness that uh, we have a lot of responsibility uh, that lies ahead. So. Uh, that that's a lot of work that needs to be done,
0: right? What what are the minefields that you were talking about that you were referring to?
1: Well, I mean, these are some of, sometimes unknown unknowns, right? Uh, because uh, but what we do know, looking at looking back in the past uh, nine years or so, uh, that you have seen the uh, things like uh, the, what happened with the, with the town council and and uh, the controversies that arose from that. And, and the many small uh, uh, issues that may not have made it so much to the press or may not have been uh, publicized so much. But uh, it is a, a very difficult task sometimes to operate in, uh, as, as an opposition in Singapore, obviously. And, um, and there are many things that uh, would be smooth for, for the government uh, MPs, but uh, would be rather difficult for the opposition MPs. So I, I think that's, that's, uh, that's, an, that's an awareness of what, what lies ahead. And uh, it doesn't mean that it cannot be overcome, and we definitely intend to overcome all those all those hurdles. Uh, but it just means that uh, it's not a, a smooth. i going to be a side for sure.
0: So you you are referring to things like town council management and so on.
1: That's one thing. That's one thing. That could be. I mean, that could that might have been one minefield in the in the in the, in the past nine years. That that could be other fronts that that our opponents might open up or might might. Uh, we might uh, inevitably step on so it's something that we have to be very aware of We have to look left and look right before we cross the road
0: okay okay so uh, that probably would not be the same for PAPMPs you presume
1: right? well there are, of course they have their own challenges that they have they deal with uh, but there are definitely some things which uh, uh, they would be in a way easier for them to, to navigate especially for example uh, dealing with certain government agencies. Uh, and, and so uh, I, I think uh, it's some, just something that we have learned to also navigate along the way uh, these past years. And I'll definitely be, uh, as a new town councillor, as a new uh, MP, I'll be definitely learning from my seniors on, on how they managed to navigate all these uh, hurdles. All right.
0: Okay. Yeah. So thanks for that. So, uh, as, I, as I said earlier, this was a, it was a sensational night. Uh, for the WP and there were many things that, the, that your party did right uh, and I wrote a list and I wanted to see whether I covered all bases so I mean WP's general approach as a moderate and responsible uh, opposition has obviously worked that's one of its strengths good marketing you guys do, did superb videos good slogan no blank check and make your vote count very simple very effective the debate uh, performance by James was strong and catapulted him to superstardom uh, Pritam's own leadership especially his handling of uh, the Raisa Han incident and credible candidates especially credible minority candidates which often have been the Achilles heel of opposition parties did, did I miss out on anything is there any insights that you can give us are there any insights that you can give us from uh, someone from within the party
1: Mm, okay. I mean, we, we didn't, we actually didn't have a money, just, just to be, to be uh, candid about that. Okay. Uh, most okay. of the, most of the videos actually were done by, by party members and volunteers who really wanted to do it because they had a passion to see, uh, advance and wanted to see democracy advance in Singapore. Uh, so I think that, that passion sometime will probably came out in many of the videos and in many of the, the shows that we did, uh, because really we were just, uh, speaking what was on our heart. And and uh, expressing what we had we had um, always believed in ourselves, so it wasn't something that, that we just cobbled together just for the election, just so that it will put on a good show for people. Uh, but I think that the the strength and what we were able to do came out because it is something that we really believe in. All the all the points in our manifesto, all the the the, the approach that we took, uh, even even if you come down to things like the moderate approach that we took politics, that we take to politics. Uh, wanting to find a middle ground to ensure that that uh, we are able to 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 marry the, the, the both sides together and, and to be able to uh, find policies which uh, would benefit the largest uh, proportion of Singaporeans, I think those are the general approaches that all our candidates and members all believe in themselves. So I think it just came out in, during the election, and I am glad that the, the, the I am glad the voters were able to see us for what we were.
0: Okay, so uh, so you're saying the, the sincerity of the candidates it came through, and voters saw that.
1: I, I think what you saw is what what you saw in the candidates was was what they are. So there wasn't any uh, attempt to to uh, paper over anything or, or, or embellish anything.
0: Mm, okay, okay, excellent. So so clearly there were many things that you did right. So what were the things uh, that you didn't do right? Uh, so for instance. Uh, as someone who grew up in Simei uh, and my parents still live in Simei, I mean East Coast is obviously it wasn't just as a person who lived in Simei, but most Singaporeans were were looking at East Coast as well. Uh, so, would you say you were outmaneuvered by the PAP on nomination day when DPM Heng uh, appeared in East Coast?
1: Well, I think it's it's uh maybe outmaneuvered might be hard to use, uh, but. Uh, I don't think we could have done anything about that uh, because uh, the PAP has many more uh, chess pieces to play. Uh, it's, it's not. A, it's not. We don't have an equal number of chess pieces, and they have many more queens and 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 rooks to play with uh, to to be able to to checkmate. Uh, so it's it's not it's not the the it's not so much a matter of we neglected certain things and that's what happened. But but I think having said that. Uh, I think our East Coast team did a really commendable job uh, to be able to to get such a good percentage against the Deputy Prime Minister and the future prime minister, so I think it's it's real credit to the team over there, coast and as well as the the rest of the the volunteers who really worked their heart, their hearts out to to really get the best result that they could over there
0: right so, so i I was I, also so thinking I, I was uh, but this is this is hindsight of course right. Uh, Aljuneet, in Aljuneet, you got 60% yep. of the votes. Uh, so it was quite a comfortable victory. Uh, and uh, if, let's say, you had stayed in East Coast, and Leon had stayed in East Coast, and the hmm. two of the East Coast team uh, members went to Aljuneet instead, and probably you guys would still uh, have have retained East Coast. And I'm just thinking about this. Uh, Gerald Gyam, former NCMP; Leon Pereira, former NCMP; Terence Tan, uh, also somebody is quite credible and known. Uh, Abdul Sharif, and of course uh, the incomparable Nichols. Yeah, five of you in East Coast, uh, and we could probably be looking at DPM Chan Chun Sing. I see what you
1: mean. Right? <laughs> um, I, I think it's, it's it definitely is hindsight, and um, it's it's. I, this res, the election result is something that um, I don't think any anybody could really have predicted. Um, and there's and there's so many there's so many uh, uh, sort of sub results within the result that that was surprising to 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 all of us. And uh, I, I think definitely the result that the East Coast team managed to, to garner against uh, such a strong opponent was uh, was uh, quite. Uh, Spying and one was was quite quite surprising as well uh, that they managed to get such a good result. Um, so I'm not sure if if um, uh, if we packed all our former NCMPs into into East Coast, it might have made much of a difference. I had a, a great team over there as it was uh, definitely with all the members that you mentioned just now. So um, I I think uh, it really is hindsight, but I I think that the result was. What uh, Singaporeans really wanted, and so we have to respect that.
0: So, right. So you don't right, think so if you and Leon were there, it would have made a difference? This this is not about the credibility of the candidates, but a lot of politics is also yeah. about uh, name recognition, right?
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, it's it's also it's also so important for us to ensure that that uh, we defended our junior uh, because I mean, you uh, you might have heard during the the campaign that we were we had mentioned that there was a, a, a risk of a, a opposition wipeout, and that wasn't just um, that wasn't just rhetoric. It wasn't just uh, an empty threat. It was really something that that there was a real risk of that happening. So, um, uh, if we didn't um, properly defend our unit, we were complacent about it, and we just left it open, left our back flank open. Uh, we might have uh, ended up having no opposition in parliament. So it could have swung. It could have sunk either way. I think it's important for us to ensure that, that the, the opposition flame does, does stay alive. And um, and uh, fortunately, we had really good candidates to be able to put into East Coast as well. So I think that's what happened. All right.
0: So uh, is it fair to say retaining Al Junaid was the utmost priority for the WP?
1: It was a very, very important uh, priority because uh, if, if we didn't have our uh We didn't have Algon, that's That's there's nothing left. So, uh, th- what happens to the opposition movement uh, uh, for the next twenty years if we are wiped out from parliament? We have seen what happened uh, in in the 19, 1960s uh, when when uh, the opposition. Uh, we don't want to have. Not, we don't want to see a repeat of that because it sets it sets right. not just the opposition movement back for many years, but it sets Singapore back if that happens.
0: Right. Okay. Okay, thank you so much. So uh, let's move on to uh, electoral innovations, right? Which are right. somewhat unique to Singapore, uh, and I think you are the perfect person uh, to talk to about this. So the NCMP. So uh, as I understand it, you are in principle opposed to the NCMP, right?
1: We are. We, we don't we don't think the NCMP yeah, are necessary. Yeah. yeah.
0: Right. Okay, so why why does WP oppose the NCMP when clearly the biggest benefit... Why do you still uh, oppose the NCMP scheme? Because clearly the biggest beneficiaries of the NCMP scheme is your party. People like yourself and Ms. Sylvia Lim and Mr. Leon Pereira have clearly benefited from the scheme. And also, your concerns about... Uh, Dissuading the scheme, dissuading voters from voting for the opposition clearly have not panned out. So, why, why is the WP still against the NCMP scheme in principle?
1: Yeah, well, I, I think um, I would flip it around the other way. I'll say that we have made electoral progress despite the ele- NCMP scheme. Um, not because we are fantastic, but really because the NCMP scheme has, an ins- has a potentially insidious effect. Of uh, lulling people into thinking that they can have opposition and peace without voting for the opposition, I think that's the, the that's the most dangerous uh, uh, mindset or fear that we have, uh, that that the electorate might have. And um, although the the results sort of indicate that that many uh, many voters did not think that way, um, the fact that the PAP was campaigning quite heavily on the idea of ncmps and there's no need to vote for the opposition i think they have clearly done their, their research they've clearly done their surveys and have clearly concluded that that they don't think that could sway uh uh swing voters at least into voting for the for the government because they think that they will be adequately represented in in parliament by by ncmps and um all the innovations that the government did just in the last term, uh, making, giving a full voting rights. Uh, mm. It's, although it doesn't make a, a dime of difference actually in terms of uh, the, 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 the power of the NCMPs or the influence of the NCMPs, clearly it kind of tells the voters that, hey, by, by, by not voting for them, you can still get your cake and eat it too. And that uh, clearly is not, that's clearly not the case uh, for Singapore. And that's something that we had to expend a lot of time trying to explain to people that that wasn't the case. Uh, So uh, I I think uh, I wouldn't say that we have been the the beneficiary of this. But uh, despite the the scheme being there, I think uh, we've we've, uh, we've still made some progress. And really all credit goes to the the voters, especially in Alginate and and Sengkang and Gang, who have decided that they want to see an elected
0: Right, so, uh, right. Sure. but it uh, and uh, you're right, the, the PAP campaign on that, uh, and uh, it was clear that that was going to be uh, one of the main selling points uh, in their campaign. But it didn't work, right? So, so now you would be more receptive, or you would be accept, more accepting of the NCMP scheme, knowing that Singaporeans yeah. do not buy that, and yet there is a fallback for opposition MPs.
1: Yeah, well, I well, mean, and I, and I wouldn't say it didn't. Means, yeah. I, I didn't. I wouldn't say it didn't work. Uh, we didn't manage to sweep all twelve seats. Uh, we still only had ten seats, and uh, the the PSP was not able to to get over that two 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 or three percent more mm. to be able to get the, uh, to get elected in in parliament, and and they had to settle for for NCAPs as well. So I wouldn't say it didn't it didn't work for the PAP, um, and, uh, and and and. Uh, clearly, the not all the voters in in, in West Coast and the other competitive uh, constituencies uh, felt that they wanted uh, elected opposition MPs in Parliament.
0: Okay. Okay. Thanks. Thanks for that. Especially uh, as a former NCMP yourself, I think uh, you are quite qualified to give a take on that. Uh, what about the GRCs? You are opposed to that as well in principle.
1: We we feel that the GRCs are not. Uh, 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 inherently, uh, 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 it it does it favours the the ruling party. In many ways, they have the you know, the upper hand in terms of resources. And um, it, I mean, it's something that we we oppose from the from the beginning. Uh, but it's not something that we uh, oppose to the point where we do not participate in gr in elections where we don't don't uh, contest in grcs because that would be a bit silly for us to do. So. It's something that we have learned to live with, and we've learned to uh, accommodate too. Um, but uh, I, I think the 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 purpose of the GRCs that was 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 mentioned earlier on uh, when they were first introduced was to uh, introduce to also ensure minority representation in parliament. And I think that's a that's a lot, that's a worthy goal to to um, to be working towards and to ensure that that all voices are represented from all communities. Uh, so I, that's very important for us. But I don't think um, the GRC system itself is the only way to ensure there is adequate minority representation. And uh, uh, clearly, a lot of the responsibility lies with both the political parties, who are the ones who are fielding the candidates, and the voters who are choosing the candidates to, to be uh, elected into parliament. And uh, I, I think you have, you have seen from this election that you know, you have you have um, minority candidates who have contested in SMCs and won. Uh, that's uh, in Bukit Batok. You have minority candidates, uh, minority opposition candidates who have contested in GRCs against against incumbent uh, uh, Chinese candidates and and got very close to winning. That's that happened in in uh, Bukit Panjang with uh, Paul Tambia. So uh, clearly, there there is a desire for uh, there is among there is an acceptance among the electorate that they will not just vote along racial lines. And of course, in our unit, uh, we had uh, three candidates out of five who were minorities. So it's, it's not to say we had had the highest percentage in terms of the opposition vote. So it's not the case that um, that uh, minorities cannot be competitive against uh, against uh, majority candidates. And I think that, again, again, a lot of credit goes to Singaporeans for being uh, that open-minded and, and, and realizing the that we are living in a multi-racial society and we do need to be able to, to, we do need to, to choose the best persons. I don't think the, the voters were really choosing based on race. They were, be, they were choosing based on who, who they felt was best able to represent them. Okay, so
0: okay. Uh, I don't know whether uh, everyone knows this, but Gerald is uh, a unique MP uh, in the upcoming parliament. Because He's the only male Chinese who's a minority in his GRC, right: <laughs> I never <thought> of that. <laughs> So, Miss Sylvia is also a minority, so she's the only female minority in her GRC team. So We're all minorities in, while, in some way, <laughs> yes, yes. So, once in a while, you get to feel how the Malaysian <laughs> Indians feel in Singapore, <laughs> but yeah. So, I wanted to ask, uh, I'll push you a little bit on that if that's the case. How would yeah. you guarantee minority representation without the GRCs?
1: I, I think that really, okay, in the first place, if you're saying we want a guarantee, uh, then that would, that would take away the mandate that the minorities have as well. Because if, if you're saying that if, if a certain candidate got in purely by, on the basis of a c- certain guarantee that they had, that they would be, right. That right. They would be elected then uh, where is the legitimacy in that? Where is the electoral legitimacy in that? And I think it's very important that our minority candidates or any candidate for that matter has the electoral legitimacy and that people see that they got elected based on their own strengths and their own uh, 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 visions and values that they wanted to, to uh, uh, explain in parliament and, and share in parliament. So I, I don't think we necessarily should uh, you, uh, expect that there's, there's a guarantee uh, of of being elected, but having said that, I think as like I mentioned earlier on, really it, it comes down to the parties ensuring that they have that that they feel candidates, they feel good candidates who are who are minorities, and they ensure that that uh, they actively go out to search for candidates and be an inclusive party so that minorities will feel safe and feel comfortable joining the party. And, and, and running for, un, under their ticket. And, and um, at the same time, I think we need to educate our, our electorate and especially the young, young race as, as a marker for, for who they're going to, to, to vote in. I think this has, if you look at many other countries in the world, this has been the bane for a lot of the countries. Where parties and politics is centered around Around uh, different races and different tribes, I, I think that's that's a, that's a it's a very unfortunate road to be down, and something we want to avoid in, 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 uh, with, with with everything that we we have. So right. I, I think we have to ensure that that the parties continue to to field good candidates who are who are from all the different races in the country. Right, I I think that's
0: that's a fair comment. I think that definitely is the. The worry of that happening, right? If minorities are elected through GRCs. For instance, if anyone who's with SM Taman would get elected, right? That's just how it is. Like, I could run tomorrow in Jurong alongside SM Taman and I would be an MP, right? So that I'm is sure a you could run on your own and
1: win. <laughs>
0: <Okay>. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, but uh, I would be guaranteed a victory if I were with <laughs> SM Taman. So, uh, there is that worry about riding on the coattails effect, and your legitimacy, as you rightly pointed out, is affected. Uh, but on the other hand, there is also so there is a trade-off between meritocracy and representation. I think. On the other hand, my worry is if racial stereotypes exist and if they are pernicious, uh, and we associate certain traits with certain races, race may not be the only factor in voting, but it may be a factor. In voting, and without adequate institutions to guarantee uh, uh, minority representation, it may not happen. As in, I, I, I was just wondering if you, if you wanted to react to that sentiment.
1: I, I think uh, what you have said is, it, it, I, I've heard that argument before, and it, and hypothetically, yes, you might be, you might be correct, but I don't. I, I, I think the studies have also shown, um, and there have been surveys done on. On uh, where they ask, uh, ask voters um, would you choose this person who is this race over this person who is this other race and then they, they have uh, indicated they would they prefer their own race but then when they present the actual person for example, right. SM Taman it, right, clearly right. They, the, the, right. the individual uh, beats, the, beats the other person hands down so I think when you, when you say that everything else be equal of course people want to vote for someone who, whom they right. are looks like them and, is, and, and, and talks like them, but if you present many other factors in, 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 in front of them, those the, the, the issues of race, especially in Singapore, I think go much further down the the, the priority list so um, in term, I think your, your follow-up question would then be is this is this uh, uh, influence of race enough to tip the skills right. in terms right. of right. Or, or yes if it's a very very close but, yeah. race. Right, I, that's hypothetical. Also, uh, that there, there's there's um, it, it really. I, I think in if we have uh, clearly a good candidate, and usually, I mean, if you look at all the, the different constituencies that have been contested, um, very often it's quite clear who is the better candidate. Right, okay, right. and I think both can see it. Singaporeans can see it, and it's not going to be down to just everything else being equal now. Just not just down to the race. I I don't, I don't think uh, in real life it works out that way.
0: Okay. Okay. Fine. I I think that's a, that's a comprehensive answer. Thank you so much for that, uh, Gerald. So the next, uh, the future of the opposition. So we just found out something about the role of the leader of the opposition. So what Mm. are your preliminary thoughts or reactions to that? The, what does the position of the leader of the opposition does for opposition politics in Singapore?
1: Yeah, uh, I mean, I was um, this is something that I I never thought of until the night of the election, uh, when when uh, actually shared with me that she was she just received a call from from PM and and uh, that she was told about this this position of leader of the opposition. Um, so it's definitely something very new for for all of us in Singapore. Uh, there has been mentioned before of an unofficial leader of the opposition, but but. Um, we didn't we didn't uh, follow through with, with that. We didn't accept that that position. Um, and uh, the, uh, what this 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 issue of the official leader of the opposition is something that's new for Singapore. It's not something that's new in other Commonwealth countries. And so clearly we have no precedence to go by in Singapore uh, since the role is so new and it's not even defined in our in our constitution and our standing orders. So uh, I think it's clear that both uh, PM Lee as well as as we tell, are very aware that the rules that they and practices that they establish now uh, will set the precedent for uh, future leaders of the opposition, um, and really the very nature of our parliamentary system. So I think uh, both sides will need to to uh, uh, really think through the steps very carefully and realize that it's not just for the current term that we are building for, but for many many terms in the future, uh, even when when uh, the current leader of the opposition and the current Prime Minister are no longer in the picture. The practices that we set now will set the, the precedents for the future.
0: Okay. okay, thank you for that. And I think that is a space we have to continue watching because it's very new and we do not know how uh, it will really develop uh, in practice. So I wanted to ask uh, two questions uh, and the next two questions, they can be contradictory. So on one hand, so the first question is, on one hand, there are some people who say that the Workers' Party has abandoned the party's core base, which is the working class, especially the traditional Chinese-speaking base. And this was most evident in the party not sending a debate, uh, a, a candidate uh, to the Chinese debate. Uh, and, and you can see that and these people, and some of them are prominent, claim that the Workers' Party is moving left. And you see this in the fielding of woke candidates, right? And especially Raisa, I would say is the first truly woke candidate. Uh, so what what are your comments on that? The Workers' Party abandoning its core base.
1: Yeah, no, I, I think I, I, I would say that I don't think that's happening. Um, the the working class in Singapore and, and all working Singaporeans, uh, as as our, name, uh, our party name is, are still our core uh, focus. Uh, whether they form the base or not, I, I think that's, that's really for, for, for the voters themselves to decide. Mm. But we are still very much a party that's focused on bread and butter issues, uh, ensuring that we are looking after the, the lower income and ensuring that those who are less advantaged in, the, in our society are given the support that they need to level up with the rest of society. So this, is, this comes through in almost everything that we do. I mean, from from our manifesto, uh, all our, in, our proposals in our manifesto, to what we say in parliament, uh, it, it all reflects the ethos to ensure that those who are less able and less, less, uh, less strong in our, in our society are given the support that they need. So that remains the core of what Workers' Party does, and that will continue to remain what we focus on um, of course our society has uh, changed over the years and mm. and, uh, it and it has changed and has in many ways uh, so we also have to ensure that we we look after the concerns of uh, the the uh, uh, groups of singaporeans for example uh, in the past the focus was really on the lowest lo- lowest income singaporeans and, and and those who are who are in poverty. But now we see a lot of uh, our residents who uh, may be middle income, maybe lower middle income, but they are facing lots of challenges because they are sandwiched. They don't have the high salaries that, that many of the, the richer uh, Singaporeans have. They're elderly parents, they are, they are supporting their children. And so this might actually be a, a group of Singaporeans that uh, we actually need to pay more attention to because. They don't qualify for a lot of the subsidies that, that uh, lower-income Singaporeans do, but yet they are still struggling and so we have to, we have to be aware that demographics our economy has changed over the years and we cannot just be uh, focused on, 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 um, on Singaporeans and so but whether that means that we have abandoned our, our core base no, I don't think so I they are, are still very much uh, focused on. Ensuring that the lower and middle income Singaporeans are, are able to thrive in Singapore.
0: Right, uh, and also I guess uh, the definition of the working class or the middle income changes over time as well, right? Uh, so I mean, the, so the, that's the something,
1: right? Well.
0: Yeah. Right. Yeah. So there was a comment, and I, I, I and I completely agree with this. It's it's inaccurate to say that work issues are not bread and butter issues. Okay. Often we talk about it as if there's a dichotomy but inequality is very much a bread and butter issue right and it's usually people who are more woke uh, they, they they tend to care about this not not the others do not
1: of course. but anyway
0: so this, the, the second question no, i can't is, make uh, comment on
1: the, sorry. Yeah. i, I, yeah, yeah, sure, sure. I a comment yeah. on that. i i completely agree with you that certain issues which are associated with with uh, uh being liberal and all that are, are not necessarily non bread and butter i mean I'll, for example things like uh Discrimination uh, laws, you know, uh, that's something that right. we had, we had, uh, we had advocated in our in our manifesto, and we realized that that there is a basis uh, for introducing some laws like that because uh, there are many minorities who face discrimination when they when they apply for jobs, uh, and 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 we need to ensure that this kind of discrimination does not get institutionalized and does not get does not get perpetuated. And we, are, we ensure that everybody feels that they have a fair chance at being able to uh, advance themselves in, in society. So uh, we do have to, to pay attention to those issues. As well. And I consider those bread and butter issues. But whether or not you want, right. Right. you want to classify that as work issues or not, I think that's, that's, that's uh, up. Whether it's, it's uh, gender equality, whether it's, it's uh, racial equality, I think those, those things are all things that, that, um, that we have to really focus on in the am moving, moving forward.
0: Right. Okay, so then, so there's that strand of critique against the, or criticism against uh, the Workers' Party. Then there's another one where people uh, feel that, especially opposition supporters, feel that the WP is not left enough. Not left. It is too conservative and it is too moderate and doesn't go against the grain too much. And, and this is reflected in things like Section 377A or LGBT issues or just a general... Uh, philosophy in terms of opposing uh, the PAP. What what are your comments
1: well, on that? Well, I think I don't, I don't know how much of this is, is really seeded by uh, uh, our opponents themselves uh, because, I mean, there, there was this uh, accusation of us being PAP light and, and, and just taking right. one step to the left and all that. So, uh, <laughs> I, I, would take some, I would take some of those uh, criticisms with, with a bit of a pinch of salt. Um, at the same time, I think it comes back down to what our values are as as uh, party members and as as a party, uh, what we want to push for, and really it it comes down to the livelihoods of Singaporeans. How does a certain policy improve the lives of ordinary Singaporeans? Uh, if if it is an issue which is so existential or an uh, issue which is so which is so um, uh, far out, you know that that, is, that it's maybe it would appeal to a certain a very small uh, group of people, but doesn't really affect the, the livelihoods of the majority of Singaporeans. I think, um, of course, they might, those might be important issues and it's not, not something that we should completely ignore, but uh, we have to concentrate our limited resources and energies and time on issues which really matter to the majority of Singaporeans.
0: Okay, so you are saying that you deny the characterization that you are PAP like
1: I missed that word. you I want the characterization uh,
0: so do you deny the characterization that you are PAP like
1: Well I, I I don't think we are I think we are, our policies are clearly quite different from the PAP in many ways uh, but it doesn't mean that we are different that means we we, we go against everything that the PAP I think we 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 come up with our own policies based on what we think is best for the country if it happens to agree with what the PAP's uh, current policies are, then we will support the government. If it, if, it, if it does not and we think that there's a better way, then we say it. So uh, that's why we have come up with proposals like the redundancy insurance scheme, which the PAP uh, panned when we first uh, talked about it. They, they said that it wasn't uh, really necessary, uh, but that was then. And, and then COVID-19 hit us and the economic crisis hit us. If only we had done that earlier on. Uh, we would be in a better position to be able to to fund to to have this automatic stabilizer to help the, the those uh, people who are out of a job or going to be out of a job. Uh, but uh, so I I think we have we have done what we can to put forward the proposals that we think are best for the country based on our own research and based on our, our, our understanding of the ground. And uh, it's, it's it's down to Singaporeans to. They decide for themselves which of the policies they feel are better for Singapore. And they don't have to choose us and cho- or choose the PAP only. They can choose a, a blend of what they feel that is best for the country. And that's how, that's how the society progresses. I don't think we are, we are saying that our way is the only way, and I don't think the PAP's way is the only way either. So uh, we have to get a blend of what is the best for the country, and that's what the focus should be on.
0: Right, okay, thanks for that. Uh, I is, I just wanted to follow up a little. Don't you think that when Dr. Balakrishnan said that, uh, he actually legitimized and endorsed... By the way, are you having Tetari It's or that is just what? Why are you having that? <laughs> <laughs> okay. I should have <laughs> <Okay. laughs> yes. Teh I should send to you, okay. So, uh, my wife makes a birthday Tetari. Uh, anyway, so do, when Dr. Balakrishnan said that, don't you think he... Uh, inadvertently endorse the WP as a responsible and credible opposition party?
1: It, it, very, much, it very well might have been, and I think uh, Jameis' response to that was, was, was uh, gold. So I think, right. uh, I think that, that really settles the, the idea of what, whether or not we are PAP light or we are just a, a moderate uh, party which, which uh, listens to all, all sides of our society.
0: Okay. Okay. Thanks. So the we only have about uh, four minutes left. So uh, the final question I have for you is: What would make you open to uh, be open to working with other opposition parties? And I'm I'm talking about the PSP and the SDP specifically. And
1: mm-hmm.
0: uh, you you can comment on the other smaller parties, but I'm talking about these two specifically.
1: Okay. Um, I, I think we already are. Uh, I think you've, if you have read the statement from Pritam uh, from, uh, uh, earlier today. Did. Yeah. He did say that, yeah. that he's going to look into how he can extend the resources of the leader of the opposition to even, even the PSP. And so I think it's important that, that the, the different parties uh, do work together, especially those who are in parliament. Uh, but in terms of uh, having a formal alignment or formal uh, uh, alliance, I think that we are still in very very early days, and uh, I think if you ask me what is the the number one thing that should should align is that the values must must align so the values of the parties must must align otherwise you 'll get a a motley crew of 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 mm. of, of parties who are uh, very uh, who are you know in a way opposed to each other but are just doing it for right. having a marriage of, of convenience right. just for the sake right. of, of electoral success. Right. And I don't think that, that forms a good basis for, for future governance in Singapore. So it is, I think it's very important to ensure that, that we, uh, we have an alignment of values and there, has a, and there has to be a clear objective when doing so. So especially when, when, when a situation where we are now, where uh, the, the opposition has no, has no chance or, or no, no desire even to take over uh, the governance, uh, the government. So there's, there's no, there's no reason why there should be any talk of an uh, formal alliance of any sort. Okay,
0: interesting. Yeah. Uh, would would Triton, uh, have uh, said that about the NCMPs if they were from the SDP?
1: Oh, I, I, can't, it- I can't, I can't, I can't speak. But I mean that's hypothetical as well. Uh, but clearly, he has done that for for. Uh, those NCMPs who are in the PSP. So I don't, I don't think it would be any different if any other party was, was, head, was elected into parliament.
0: Okay. Uh, so anything that you want to get off your chest that you couldn't? Uh, I didn't give you a chance to or anything you want to say at all?
1: No, I just wanted to say that thank you so much for this opportunity to, to speak to you. It's good to connect with you again after all these years and, and be able to speak to your, to your friends on your on your Instagram, and I, uh, right. I think I think this is a start for of, of of many important things that are going to happen in the next five years. And I hope that Singaporeans would uh, pay close attention to what's going on into the debates, and not just uh, not just the exciting parts where we are uh, uh, attacking each other or, or criticizing each other, but right. maybe but pay attention to the proposals that each side has put up. Um, I I think uh, there has the, the PAP clearly has uh, set a lot of expectations uh, for what they would like the electorate to expect of the opposition uh, right now, all of right. the Workers' Party, right. in terms of coming out with alternative proposals. And uh, I think we intend, to, we intend to continue putting out proposals. It's not, that, not like if we never put out alternative proposals in the right. past. Right. Like I mentioned, redundancy insurance, reducing classroom sizes and all that. Those are all legitimate proposals which we had tabled before. And we'll continue doing that. Uh, hopefully now with more MPs, uh, we'll be able to do uh, even more of that. But really, it, it's important for uh, Singaporeans to pay attention to that as well. Because if we can put out all the proposals that we want, but if it doesn't get covered in the press, if, we, if people don't, don't listen to, uh, don't, don't pay close attention to uh, uh, the proposals, then they will go away thinking that we, we didn't do anything either. So it's, it's, it, I think I'll encourage everybody to, uh, watch this space clearly watch this space uh, carefully
0: okay thank you so much Gerald for taking time of your busy schedule and just one last request can you get Nicole and Pritam to come on my show <laughs> okay
1: <laughs> you have to ask them too <laughs> I, I, I okay. so, I'll to be to them the, the great experience I had okay. talking with you
0: <laughs> okay Okay. thank you so much Gerald so I'll be uploading this later and you can see thanks Walid okay. Okay bye 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 thank all you all the so much. best to you